Hey, good morning. Uh, happy Mother's Day. Thank you so much for joining us today for our Mother's Day um, church service online here. Welcome to my home. My name is Zach. I'm the pastor at the Mission Church. I I'm just so glad that you've taken the time to join us today. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn to John chapter 12. We're going to um, talk about uh, a woman named Mary, what we can learn from her and the legacy she left behind. So John chapter 12, you can turn there. And as you do, I want to encourage you to do two things. The first is this. I would love to, to, to know how I can pray for you. Um, so whether you're new to the Mission Church or you are a long time um, been at the Mission Church, I want to know how I can pray for you. Would you please um, text TMC Connect? One word, TMC Connect, to this number, 94000. Um, and then also, uh, if you are first, second, third timer, if you've maybe never been to the mission, but you found us online, I really want to connect with you personally, um, just over email. Um, and, and again, the best way to do that is to text this word, TMC Connect, to this number 94000. Um, you'll get a link and then you're able to fill out a connection card and uh, that'll go straight to me and I get to follow up with you and maybe get to know you a little bit better. Um, the second thing is this, we have a worship guide for you. It's a way to take this service deeper. It also has some really helpful resources for your children um, to do a time uh, specifically for them, some children's church. My kids love it. Um, they want to do it like twice or three times. It's so good. Um, you can find um, our worship guide on our website under the church online tab. If you're watching on Facebook, we'll just drop a link that you can go um, straight to. So John chapter 12 is where we're going to be at. It's Mother's Day. And when I, uh, as I thought about Mother's Day, um, and really as I thought about this passage that was coming up, one word came to mind. And here's the word. Legacy. Legacy. Um, and I think it came to mind because here's the reality. Moms, moms, you are building a legacy. You're building a legacy. Now, hint, hint to others who are watching. Maybe you're a dad. You're also building a legacy. Or maybe you don't even have kids or you're not a mom. You're not a dad. Um, you're also building a legacy too. But there's something about being a mom, being a parent, where all of a sudden this legacy language it feels so real to you where you realize, I am building a legacy. But here's the question. What kind of legacy are you building? Now, I looked up the, def the definition of legacy. Um, I was actually quite surprised how simple the definition was. And the definition was basically to pass down. Um, it's either to leave behind or it's to pass down. Now, as we talk about legacy, I just want to give you two principles that I think are really, really help us understand the importance of legacy. And the first one is this. You can only pass down what you possess. 
So listen, the definition of legacy is to pass down, but we have to understand as we are building a legacy, you can only pass down what you possess. If you want to pass down a rich prayer life, you gotta, you gotta, you have to possess it yourself. If you want to pass down a, a, a practice of generosity, well, you have to possess that practice yourself. You can only pass down what you possess. And so as you think about building a legacy, don't forget that. Now, sitting next to me is something pretty special here. My mom gave this to me on Easter, um, just a month and a half ago, I guess. Um, this is her great-great-grandfather's Bible. Um, and my mom did something interesting um, that not everyone might do. She didn't wait until she died for this to finally get passed down to me. She passed this down to me while she was alive and well. And, and that's pretty special to me. That, that she would do that. And, and I bring this up, um, one, because I think it's just awesome. I mean, look at this. I, I think that we should all do this. We should all pass down our Bibles to our kids. Um, I, I think you can see a Bible there. One of those is used to be mine, um, and I passed it down to my son. Um, it's, it, it's pretty special. And, and you know what? It also um, is just a really good word picture of principle number two here about legacy, and it's this. You're not simply leaving a legacy, but you are living a legacy. What do I mean by that? Legacy is not something you build, and then finally on the day that you die, it can finally be passed down to your kids or your grandkids or your great-grandkids. The reality is, is you are living a legacy, that your legacy is being passed down in real time as you live. Just as my mom was alive and well and passed this down to me, so you are alive and well and are passing things on to your kids right here and right now. You don't have to wait until you die to pass down that rich prayer life to your children. It can happen in real time. So we're going to talk about legacy. And again, the question is not if you're leaving a legacy. The question is, what kind of legacy are you leaving? And we're going to be in John chapter 12. And I want to entitle this sermon right here, How to Build a Legacy That Lasts. And I wonder if just far too often we're a bit flippant about the legacy that we leave behind. We're, we're pretty unintentional about it. And this passage, I think it gives us three really important pillars when it comes to teaching us how to build a legacy that lasts, how to build a legacy that lasts. So again, John chapter 12, we're going to root our time in God's word. Um, this uh, we're going to start in verse 1. We're just looking at eight simple verses here. Uh, before we look at this, I think it would be helpful if I pray for our time. And so would you join me as I do that? Father, Lord, thank you for the beauty of legacy. It's a pretty neat thing that you have designed us in such a way that 
we pass down things to our kids and grandkids and great-grandkids. Not just tangible things like Bibles or houses or money, but we pass down attitudes, character traits, identities. And so, Father, I pray for your help right here, right now. Would you help me to teach your word in a way that will be helpful to those who are watching this and listening? Would you allow me to teach and preach this in a way where people see that there is nothing better than you, Jesus? You are everything to us. And Lord, above all, would you allow, would you allow that to be the focal point of our legacy? You, Jesus, you. Pray this in your name. Amen. All right, how to build a legacy. We're going to look at John chapter 12, and I want us to look at two things. One, what does this passage have to even do with legacy? And two, what does it teach us about how to build a legacy? So this is how it begins. Um, six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. This is a banquet dinner. This is a huge, people are coming over, the house is filled. This is a celebratory dinner because remember, last week we talked about this in John 11, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. I mean, this is incredible. And so a dinner is thrown in the honor of Jesus and it says, so they gave him a dinner. Martha served, that was Lazarus' sister. Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary, who was another sister, therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? That was a year's worth of wages, by the way. 300 denarii, so we're talking modern day, $30,000, $40,000. That's how much this perfume is worth. That's in incredible, isn't it? He said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. He, he was a thief. He would just take money. Now, Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you have, you always have with you, but you do not always have me. Now, I want to point you one in a direction, one more thing. Matthew and Mark tell this story too, the story of Mary anointing Jesus' feet. But Matthew and Mark both include a couple of things that John intentionally leaves out. And I want to draw your attention to them because I think it helps us understand the full picture of this story. It says this in Mark 14. It says, but Jesus said, this is at the end, Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? Listen to this. She has done something beautiful to me. And truly I say to you, listen to this, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, 
what she has done will be told in memory of her. What does this passage teach us about legacy? Here's what it teaches us. Observation number one, Jesus tells us at the end, this woman has just left a legacy that will last forever. That's pretty incredible when you think about it. What this woman has done, what Mary has done is so significant, it's so impactful, it's so important. What has happened has created a legacy that will outlive her. Isn't that the legacy you want to leave behind? To build a legacy that will outlive you. And so Jesus says, this What just happened? This is about legacy here. This woman has just left a legacy that will outlive her. And here's observation number two. I want you to see it. Jesus says, she has done a beautiful thing to me. In other words, Jesus says, she just left a legacy that will last a lifetime. And take your pen out and take your pencil out and start taking notes because what she did was right. That's what Jesus is saying. Pay attention to what Mary did and how she did it because we can learn something from this woman about how to build a legacy. And that's what this sermon is about. How to build a legacy that lasts. But here's what Mary does that I think we need to learn from. The way that she builds a legacy is not simply defined by what she does. There's three pillars I want us to take note of and take notes on and emulate. Mary does three things. She defines who she is, what she does, and how she does it. If you want to build a legacy that lasts, you need to focus more than just on what you do. If you want to build a legacy that lasts, you need to think about these three questions. Who you are, what you do, how you do it. Identity, practice, heart. Now, let's look at this passage, and let's start with identity here. What is Mary's identity? I I can't help but share this before I look at verse 3. I googled this morning, um, building a legacy. Just typed it into Google, press search. The three top hits were business leadership articles. Harvard Business Review, Inc.com, Forbes.com. So I go on Forbes, the very first principle in this article, it says the very first principle on how to build a legacy, you know what it was? Identity. Identity. Why do you think identity and defining your identity is so intrinsic to building a legacy that lasts? Here's a reality. Your legacy will be defined far more by who you are than simply what you do. And just test that. Think about someone in your life that has left a legacy. For me, I think of my grandfather. When I think of my grandfather, he did some pretty incredible things. But where I go to first is not what he did, but who he was. And so Mary, she gives us the blueprint here, guys. 
on how to answer this question right. Who are you? So, okay, here we go. John chapter 12, verse 3. What can we learn about who Mary is and how to build a legacy? It says, Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Now, let's talk about what's going on here and what this has to do with identity. Um, they're having this big banquet dinner to honor Jesus, and Mary pulls out a pound of expensive ointment. This is perfume. To be exact, this is 11 and a half ounces of perfume, and it says that it was expensive. This was worth um, a year's worth of wages. This was $30,000, $40,000 in worth. This is super expensive. Now, in this day... Um, you know, this is 2,000 years ago. This is before they showered every day or um, bathed regularly. And so a common practice in that day was that when people would come, specifically, you know, for big banquets, um, the host might have a jar of perfume, and they would literally take the jar of perfume, they'd dip their finger in, they'd just take a dab, and they'd put it on the guest's forehead. And what would happen is, again... This is the Middle East. It's 100 degrees. There's no deodorant. The people maybe didn't bathe for a couple, a few days, maybe a week or two. And so it's not like it's a pleasant smell. And so they would just dab their head with this perfume. And it would fill the aroma, it would fill the room with a, a much better smelling aroma. And it was also a picture of love and hospitality. Mary brings out this perfume bottle, and instead of taking a dab, the book of Mark actually says she broke the bottle. She broke it and poured the whole entire thing on Jesus. This is, without a doubt, the most treasured possession she had. This, without a doubt, is the most costly, the most valuable possession she has and she pours it out on Jesus. You might be thinking, what does this have to do with identity? It has everything to do with identity. Do you know what identity is? Your identity is not who you say you are. Your identity is what you treasure and what you value more than anything. That's your true identity. Anybody can just say who they are, but you want to know someone's true identity, you will find it in what they value and what they treasure most. And so if you value and treasure your job more than anything, your identity is in your job. If you value and treasure your family more than anything, your identity is in your family, and so on and so forth. What is Mary doing here? Mary is making a statement about her identity, and here's what she's saying. I'm going to take my most valuable, my most costly thing. By the way, this was probably a family heirloom that had been passed down from one generation to the next. Mary takes the most precious, treasured, valuable thing she has and pours it out on Jesus, and here's what she's saying. I belong to Jesus.
my value, my identity is found in Jesus. You want to build a legacy that lasts longer than yourself. Find your identity in Jesus. Find your identity in Jesus Christ. Here is the powerful thing about identity. Your identity is the foundation of your life. So if you choose to find your identity in your family, that might work for a while, but what happens when things get shaky in your family or someone dies in your family? Your whole foundation shifts. Or let's say you find your identity in your, in your work and you lose your job. Your whole identity, your whole life shifts. But if you find your identity in Jesus, you cannot be shaken. You have built your life on a rock that cannot be shaken and will take you through the storms of life that will come. Now here is something so important about identity that you and I need to understand and how it connects to legacy and how it connects to passing on. Your children, whether you realize this or not, your children will not choose their identity. It will be chosen for them. Did you know that? We live in a culture that, that tells us, no, 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 we should let our kids choose who they want to be and how they want to identify. And here's the reality. If you don't help your children choose who they are, the culture will choose for them. That's why moms, dads, moms, we got to get this right. We got to find our identity in Jesus and then Pass this down to our kids at an early age before the culture will tell them who they are. Literally every single night, well, not every single night, but most nights when I'm putting my kids to bed, I ask them, I say, who are you? And here's what they will say to me. They will say, I am, and then they'll say their name. So Zoe will say, I am Zoe Joy Dunkley. I am loved by Jesus because he died on the cross for me. And I am a child of God, and I am called by God for his glory and my joy. That, that's what they say. That's who they are. And I want them to know at a young age, you are a child of God. You are loved by Jesus. Foundational principle number one when it comes to building a legacy, define who you are and make sure you are Jesus's. That's your identity. Now, here's the next thing that we see here. What I want you to notice here, it says, she anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Now, here's what's really interesting about Mary, and this leads us to our second pillar of how to build a legacy that lasts. There are three different stories about this particular Mary in the Bible. I don't know if you know that. The first one is in Luke chapter 11. The second one is in John chapter 11. And the third one is right here, John chapter 12. If you read those three stories, here's what you will find about Mary. Each of those stories, Mary is at the feet of Jesus. All three stories, she's at the feet of Jesus. 
And here's what I want you to notice, and we'll take just a short glimpse at each story. Who is Mary? She is a woman that finds her identity in Jesus. That's the foundation of her legacy. The second pillar of legacy is defining what you do. And here's what Mary does. She sits at the feet of Jesus. But she does three particular things I want you to take notes on and start practicing today. Look at Luke chapter 11. It says, and she had a sister called Mary. <laughs> here's Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet. And listen, what does she do? And listened to his teaching. You want to build a legacy that lasts? Think about the practices that you do day in and day out. Here's what Mary does. Practice number one, she listens and learns from Jesus. You want to build a legacy that lasts? Start listening and learning from Jesus every single day. Open up God's word and listen to what God has to say to you and pass that on to your kids. My wife was um, telling our community group um, something that happened recently. Uh, about a month, I don't know, a month and a half ago, she made the decision to start waking up before the kids. And so she'd wake up before the kids, and she'd go downstairs, and she'd spend some time in the Word reading her Bible. The kids would, you know, of course, wake up, um, and they'd come down, and they'd see her read their Bible. And what ended up happening over the next several days is that um, they would come down and they'd say, well, I want to read my Bible. I want to read my Bible. I want to read my Bible. Now, the only one of our children that can read is our oldest, Zephaniah. Zoe's still learning and, and she's getting there and she's um, getting better and better at reading. But it was incredible because all four of our, or at least our four older kids, just after like a few days of watching Melissa read her Bible, they came down and they wanted to read their Bibles too. This is the power of legacy, friends. This is the power of being in the Word each day. Your kids are watching. And I want to let you know that one of the reasons why I read my Bible is because I saw my dad read his Bible. I saw my mom read her Bible. It matters. And so Mary builds a legacy by doing this. She's at the feet of Jesus in his word. Here's the next thing we can learn about what she does. So she listens and learns from Jesus at his feet. And then here's the second one. This is in John 11. It says, now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet. There she is saying to him, now this is not just something she's saying, this is a prayer to Jesus. Lord, if, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. What is Mary doing? She's not just sitting at the feet of Jesus, but she's praying authentically to Jesus. You wanna build a, you wanna build a legacy that lasts Sit at Jesus' feet and read his word. Secondly, sit at Jesus' feet and authentically pray to him. This will be a legacy that lasts. I'm telling you, it will be a legacy that will bear much fruit. And I 
think that we should emulate Mary here. Here's the third thing, and we're back in John chapter 12. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus. And look at what she does. And, he wiped, and she wiped his feet with her hair. What is she doing here? She is humbly serving Jesus. She is humbly serving you want to build a legacy that lasts. Live to serve Jesus. Live to serve others. And this is what she does. She humbly serves Jesus. Isn't that something you want to pass down to your kids? Isn't that something you want to pass down to your grandkids? That that this life is so much more than just being about you. It's about serving Jesus and living for his glory and not your glory. And Mary teaches us that. What she does, she sits at Jesus' feet and listens and learns. She sits at Jesus' feet and prays and talks to him. She sits at Jesus' feet and serves him. Shouldn't we do these three things? Now, here's how I want us to close. Um, we already talked about who Mary is, identity. We talked about what Mary does, practice. Now, third, I want to talk about how she does it. Now, I want you to notice it says, so they gave a dinner for him there, and Martha served. Martha served. Now, it's interesting, in all three stories where Mary is in, Martha is also in the stories. They are in those stories side by side. And here's what's interesting. In all three stories, they're told in such a way that there's kind of this comparison factor going on where um, Mary and Martha are being compared. Their actions are being compared. And it's interesting because if you read all three stories, Mary is this active, really trying to be productive, really trying to find the solution. Mary, or excuse me, Martha is the one who is being productive and active and trying to find the solution. But in all three stories, Mary is, is almost the complete opposite, where she has this posture of simply being unhurried. Here's her legacy who she is, what she does, how does she do it? She's unhurried. I wonder how many of us, we really need this to be a part of our legacy, to have a posture of being unhurried. Let me ask you, moms specifically, what's your posture? Have you taken on a posture the posture the world is telling us to have right now, honestly, where, where you have a posture of, I've got to be productive. I've got to be hurry. I've got to be busy. I've got to accomplish. And, and what we end up doing is we end up taking these postures where we are just really busy. We are leaving a legacy of busyness. And here's what I think that we can learn from Mary. We need to learn from Mary. Take a posture that is unhurried. Build an unhurried legacy. I don't know if you've noticed this about yourself, but I've noticed that the worst moments of my parenting 
is when I'm hurried. The worst moments of my parenting is when I'm telling my kids, we gotta get in the car, we're late, hurry up, put your shoes on. Goodness, guys, it's time to go to bed. The downstairs is a mess. You've got five minutes to clean up and hurry, hurry, hurry. I don't know if you do that, but I am at my worst when I'm hurried. May we begin to build a legacy of being unhurried because it's in the unhurried moments that we hear from God. It's in the unhurried moments that we're patient with our children. It's in the unhurried moments that we can actually love well. So it's not just what she does, but it's how she does it. She's unhurried. And here's the final thing about what she, about how she does what she does. Again, she's compared not just to Martha, but she's compared to Judas. Listen, it tells this great story about Mary, and then it says, but Judas. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, who, who was about to betray him, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself what was put into it. What's going on here? A comparison is happening. And the comparison is not simply what they did, but a comparison is being made to their hearts. Here you have Mary that is pouring out $30,000 worth of perfume. And here you have Judas, who's about ready to betray Jesus for 30 silver coins. What's the difference? Their heart is the difference. Judas, here's what's interesting about Judas. Judas did not betray Jesus out of a moment of weakness, okay? It's not like he just was really weak and like, oh gosh, I made a mistake and I betrayed Jesus. He'd been betraying Jesus all three years. And what I want you to see here is, listen, there is a way to be obedient to Jesus and completely miss the point. And, and that, that's Judas, isn't it? I mean, nobody saw this coming. Everybody thought Judas, man, he's so obedient. He's one of the 12 disciples. He's following Jesus. And he misses it. Why? Because his heart was wrong. Mary, on the other hand, her heart was right. What was powerful about Mary, what's incredible about her, Mary's legacy is it wasn't just what she did, but it's how she did it. And here's how she did it. She had a heart that simply loves Jesus and sees him as worthy. You want to build a legacy that lasts don't just think about what you do. Think about how you're doing it. And ask yourself the question, how's my heart? Is my heart truly in love with Jesus? Is my heart truly soaring for Jesus? Do I truly live in such a way that's beyond simple obedience? It's I love Jesus with everything I have. If you ask me, what is the legacy I want to leave to my kids? It's this. 
that having a personal relationship with Jesus is everything. It is everything. And that is what Mary had. And it might be the most important thing that you can pass on to your kids, the most important legacy you can leave behind. Listen to what Jesus says. Leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you will always have with you, but you do not always have me. In other words, Jesus is saying who she is, what she's done, how she's done it, it's right. So this is not just Mary's legacy. I think it should also be a part of our own legacy. So I want to conclude our time by asking three questions, and you can find these questions in your, your worship guide. Take these questions deeper. What kind of legacy do you want to pass on to your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, your neighbors, your coworkers? What do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to pass on to them? Really think about that and write it down. Like literally write it down. And then the next one is this. Does anything need to change when it comes to your identity in Christ? You gotta get this one right, guys. We gotta get this one right. Ask yourself, is Jesus my greatest treasure? And if you said yes, then ask the question, does it look like it? Third question, what do you, what do you need to confess and do differently? If you answer these questions honestly, you're probably going to come up with some things that are like, oh, I want to pass this on, but I don't possess it yet. I need to start. And then here's the last one. How is your relationship with God going? How's your relationship with the Heavenly Father? We've got to get that right. So moms, you're leaving a legacy. You are. What you're doing, how you're doing, it, it matters. I hope this blessed you, encouraged you to build a legacy that lasts. I hope that you enjoy your day and I hope that you enjoy the rest of this service as we move to a time of worship.